Welcome to Health Unscripted, brought to you by The Cigna Group, a podcast featuring real, raw conversations with some of the most knowledgeable experts in the healthcare industry. Welcome to the Health Unscripted podcast. My name is Vicki Wheeler, and I am the Chief Operating Officer of Evernorth Pharmacies. Our topic today is the specialty landscape, and our guest is Mr. Matt Perlberg. But before we got started, you maybe you could start by telling us a little bit about yourself, kind of your professional background, what you do at Evernorth, et cetera. Thanks so much, Vicki. I lead the Evernorth pharmacy businesses. Those include Acredo, our specialty pharmacy. They include Express Scripts Pharmacy, which is our mail order pharmacy, CuraScript, which is a specialty distributor, and Freedom Fertility, which is a fertility pharmacy. And through these businesses, we care for millions of Americans each year. We also distribute complex medications to providers and to hospital systems. And so I'm looking forward to discussing the specialty landscape with you today. Matt, can you start by explaining what makes a drug a specialty drug? Specialty medications are those that are used to treat more rare and complex conditions. So think multiple sclerosis or cancer or hemophilia or conditions like that. They're very often infused or injectable medications. They will typically have very strict and complex handling requirements. You mentioned these drugs are complex. You can't just go to a local pharmacy and pick them up. So as a patient, how do I receive my medications? It's a really good question. These drugs are either dispensed through a specialty pharmacy like a credo, or these drugs can also be accessed in a physician's office or inside a hospital or a health system. And this is where at Evernorth, we have capabilities and businesses that help those providers as well. We have a distribution business called CuraScript Specialty Distribution. And through CuraScript, we serve about 12,000 healthcare providers, and we're delivering some of the most complex and critical medications to physicians' offices, to hospitals and health systems, to infusion centers across the country. We also recently began a collaboration with CarePathRx, which is a company that provides specialty pharmacy and infusion services on behalf of hospitals, health systems, and their providers. The goal ultimately is to make sure that we're providing support to patients and doctors wherever and whenever they need to access these medications. Due to the complexity of the conditions and then needs for these drugs, I imagine that you hear a lot from our clients and potential clients on what we can do to help them control costs. When you're in that venue with a customer, what, what questions do you normally get? What are usually their biggest concerns? It's a good question. And we do. We hear a lot from our plan sponsor clients about specialty medications. And generally speaking, they're, they're asking two different sets of questions. One is around making sure that these medications remain affordable and accessible for their members. And then second, they want to make sure that their members who need these medications are provided with expert care. 
on that cost and accessibility side, it, it continues to be a, a real um, pain point, I would say, for a lot of payers. Specialty drugs, just order of magnitude, while they represent only about 2% of total volume, they generate more than half of drugs spent. So small number of patients, small amount of volume, tremendous amount of drugs spent. And generally speaking, when we're talking to our clients about this, we're talking to them about customized solutions for them because every client is different. Every patient is different. Every situation is different. And we need to make sure that as we develop solutions, we're thinking about this one client, one drug, one patient at a time. The second piece of that is then providing the patients that need these medications with an expert level of care. And this is where through the capabilities that we have in our specialty pharmacy, some of our um, behavioral care assets, some of our pharmacy care assets, and some of our medical care assets, we're able to provide that more holistic and consultative approach that can help patients who have these really specialized conditions and need these medications. Yeah, that's a really good data point. 2% of the volume is 50% of drug spend for our customers. You couple that with a specialty market in general, has tripled over the past 20 years, and innovations are continuing at a rapid pace. What do you think is upcoming for specialty drugs? Are you most excited about or even concerned about? It goes back to that balancing of really exciting treatments at the same time balancing cost and accessibility and making sure that patients have access to these medications. You know, if you think about specialty drugs, they are in some cases treating conditions that were either not treatable before, or if they were treated before, the treatments were often inaccessible or often required a tremendous amount of, of pain for the patient. And now you have these therapies that are coming to market that are treating these conditions that, again, have never been treated before. It's tremendous advances in science. But we have to figure out how we're going to afford these medications. And as I look at the horizon, there's two buckets that I would put um, some of the major innovations in. One, which will increase costs, but deliver transformative treatments for patients. The other, which offers the opportunity for savings. In that first bucket of transformative treatments, we see a lot of specialty drugs coming for very rare and complex diseases. Some folks may be familiar with gene therapies. Gene therapies are treatments for conditions that were largely untreatable before. And these treatments can range in cost from hundreds of thousands to even millions of dollars per patient. Tremendous cost. Now, if you're a patient who, God forbid, needs one of these medications and, and these treatments can help, these are, these are lifesavers. They're fantastic advances, but tremendously costly for the system. Flip side of that is that we see on the horizon what are called biosimilars. Biosimilars are just like the name sounds. They're similar medications to biologic drugs that are on the market. They function much like generics. So even though the term is similar, I would say much like generic drugs, you can think of them as alternatives to expensive biologic drugs on the market. And when biosimilars enter the market, creates competition with those expensive biologic drugs, that competition allows us to drive down cost. And when we can drive down those costs, if 
it allows plan sponsors to save. It also makes those medications much more accessible to the patients who need them. Are there specific disease states that you're seeing innovation in that you're most excited about? I'll call out uh, two specifics. One is in the inflammatory condition space. So again, these are diseases like uh, Crohn's disease or rheumatoid arthritis. And what we see here are those biosimilars that I mentioned, which I'll give you one example. Humira is a drug which is one of, if not the top-selling drug of all time. And it's a very costly medication. And earlier this year, the first biosimilar launched for Humira. There are many more biosimilars for that drug coming. There are more biosimilars coming for other medications, particularly in this area. We expect that over the next few years, about 30% of the top 25 specialty drugs will face competition from a generic or a biosimilar. That competition will allow us to make those drugs more affordable for plan sponsors and the patients who need them. So very excited about that. Another specific disease area of innovation that I would call out is in hemophilia which is a blood disorder. And while there are many medications that are available today, we're going to see, and we, we already now are seeing, new gene therapies that can treat patients with that condition. The key with, I think, those gene therapies and all the medications in this space is making sure that you have a, a pharmacy and a partner that understands all the different treatment options available. These treatments are highly complex. This is a highly complex disease. And for somebody who either has, a, a, if you're a plan sponsor, you have a member with this. If you're a patient yourself or somebody who has a loved one that uh, has this condition, making sure that you're with a pharmacy partner that really understands this space is, is going to be critical. It really is an exciting time for the specialty space. When you think about the boom in specialty, do you see it the drugs slowing down, coming to market, accelerating, setting a steady pace? Or tell me more about how you're viewing those drugs and the potential in the marketplace. It's absolutely continuing to accelerate. And, and that pace of innovation, I believe, will continue to intensify over the next several years. Just one data point. If you just look at the last year alone, about 65% of all of the drugs approved by the FDA were for medications that were used to treat a rare or orphan condition. So there are many of these drugs in the pipeline, and they're going to continue to come to market. And this is where it's important for plan sponsors to make sure they're partnering with companies that have a multitude of services that can help balance affordability, accessibility, and importantly, take care of patients. And that it's important for the patients to make sure that they're with pharmacy partners that can take, care, take the best care, have access to all the medications, and can provide that full spectrum of care that they need. Yeah, thank you for that. It really is exciting for our patients to have these uh, treatment modalities that were never available before. But to your earlier point, along with that comes costs. When you think about a credo as a whole, what are we doing so that we can help make these drugs more affordable and accessible 
So specifically at Accredo, our, our specialty pharmacy, one of the hallmarks of our model is that we organize patient care by disease state. We have 15 what we call therapeutic resource centers or TRCs, and these TRCs specialize by disease. So we have a TRC for inflammatory conditions like rheumatoid arthritis or Crohn's disease. We have a TRC for neurological conditions like MS. We have a TRC for oncology and several others. And the reason we organize this way is because that allows us to give a deep level of specialization, but do that for patients across the country. We organize all of our clinical teams into these TRCs. So we have pharmacists, nurses, dietitians, and social workers and others who are providing care for patients. So when I think about what are we doing to make sure we're both making these medications affordable and accessible and providing care, it starts with that TRC model, and it includes integrating that those broad array of services that we have to make sure that we're giving patients the full spectrum of care that they need. That can include, in some cases, behavioral support. You think about somebody who, let's say, is newly diagnosed with cancer. There's a lot that patients going to feel when they have that diagnosis. It's a terrible feeling, and they're going to have a multitude of needs beyond just the drug for cancer. So it's integrating all of those points of care. The other thing that we do is we're trying to position ourselves to be at as many points of care as possible. So it's not just building, care, building connections with the patient, which is certainly important, but also making sure that we're connected with their doctor because this care is so complex that making sure that we have those connections is super, super important. And then the last thing that I would say is we have at our disposal a multitude of data and analytics that we can use to help patients get started on therapy quickly and make sure that we close any gaps in care that we see and making sure that we can use that data to identify where there might be an issue with a patient or their medication and acting quickly to make sure that we provide them the support that they need. When you talk about the TRCs, it's exciting because I know that's one of the ways that we differentiate from our competitors in the marketplace. I imagine you hear stories all the time that come up from the TRCs. Is there one that you can share with us that demonstrate how important our role is with our patients and, and their providers? There are so many different stories that, that we see every day of our teams working to help provide care for patients. And one of the things that I think is a hallmark of what we do is always try to put ourselves in the shoes of a patient. You know, if you think about a patient who is newly diagnosed with a condition, particularly one of these rarer ones, oftentimes they've been to many different doctors they may have been misdiagnosed or they may have tried different therapies that haven't worked. And it's taken them a really long time to get to somebody that can finally help them and, and diagnose the condition that they have. And when somebody's diagnosed with one of those rare conditions, a lot of emotions come up. Um, it's, it's scary, right? If you're, if you're told you have a rare disease, that's a very a very scary thing, especially depending on the severity of the disease. I, I would never say the word relief, but I would say sometimes there is a sense of at least that now there's something you can do about it. When you put a name on a condition and you're told that there's a therapy that can help, that at least gives a plan going forward. 
But that also means your next concern is, well, I want to get on that medication fast and I want to make sure that I get the treatment that I need quickly. And one of the things that I think is important about specializing by disease and making sure that you're talking to experts is these are very rare drugs. These are very complex drugs. And when you have questions about your medications or there's side effects of these medications or you're, you have questions about other medications that you might be on or you have some sort of unexpected reaction to that, having just gone through what you went through with multiple doctors, multiple diagnoses, finally getting to something that you think can work, you want to talk to somebody who knows what they're doing and knows the situation, knows what patients like you would be experiencing and can help you work through it to, to hopefully help you manage the disease and hopefully start feeling better. But when we think about the pharmacy trends in the future, what else should we keep our eye on? A couple of things I, I'd call out. One is the role of the pharmacist in providing care to patients is going to increase meaningfully over the next several years. We don't have enough physicians in this country to treat everyone that's going to need treatment over the next, call it, decade to two decades. Uh, we've seen different estimates out there, but one one would suggest that in the next 10 years, there will be a physician shortage in this country of over 100,000 physicians. And so pharmacists can help fill that gap. And we actually recently commissioned a study on this. It's called the Prescription of Trust. And we analyzed the role that pharmacists play in patient care. Overwhelmingly, patients and healthcare providers agreed that the pharmacist is an integral part of that care team. It's especially important in rural communities, where in many cases, the pharmacist may be uh, the sole point of care in a, in a fairly large geographic radius. So the role of the pharmacist I believe will absolutely increase, particularly as we experience more of that physician shortage. The second trend I would call out is the role of technology to continue to enable plan sponsors, healthcare providers, and patients to have an overall better experience. And there's a number of different dimensions to that, but I think ultimately it comes down to having the technology, using data and analytics to get information to frontline staff to help make better decisions, to help get patients started on therapy, and to help close any gaps in care that we see. One last question. As we close today's podcast, what do you want folks to leave their time with us today and remember the most about our specialty landscape? Specialty medications are not just a fast-growing market. They're really, really hard. That's probably the number one thing I would want somebody to, to take away. They're called specialty for a reason. They're special. They're complex. And they're not something that anybody who doesn't have training it will be best positioned to help with. And so what I would want someone to take away with is you want to make sure you're partnering with someone, with companies, with entities that have an expertise in the space. And you want to make sure that if you're a plan sponsor, if you're a patient or you have a loved one that needs one of these medications, you're with an organization and with a pharmacy and with a partner that can provide you with the best level of care. Thank you, Matt. Thanks so much, Vicki. That concludes today's episode of Health Unscripted. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Health Unscripted, brought to you by The Signer Group. 
If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.